Hey Faith Family, welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Pastor Randy, mm-hmm. welcome and thanks for listening to my jokes. You're welcome. I have one from some of our faith family members, so I can't take credit nor the blame. Okay. Okay. So it's actually coming from them too, not <laughs> yes. just Maddie. No. Yep. All kinds of people are getting oh, in on the action. Wow. Uh, so do you know, uh, where did Noah keep the bees? I have no idea. In the archives. Ooh, very lame. Yeah. That's excellent. <laughs> what, a, what a nice play on words there. It was. Yeah, good deal. Uh, but we're not in Genesis. We are not. We're in Matthew. We are. And for our faith journey, that's what's important this week Mm -hmm. for the podcast. Uh, So I got a few questions for you. The passage, if you weren't able to be with us, is uh, Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 to 39. You can, you know, hop on to the YouTube channel and and listen to the sermon too. We always encourage that Mm -hmm. if you weren't able to be with us. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, three-point sermon, and we've got three points for the Mm -hmm. podcast today. Kind of, maybe, we'll see. All right. Okay, Um, so the passage, just a quick summary, is one where Jesus is talking about what Dietrich Bonhoeffer would say is the the cost of discipleship, Mm -hmm. right, that term, Mm -hmm. Um, and what it means to be one of his disciples, what we give up um, to follow him. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that passage, uh, verse 35 in particular, I'll read, it says, For I've come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Then in verse 36. So mm-hmm. a question uh, came in here that I think is it's a good one. Um, verse 37 Actually, let me read that one, too, because that was specific to the question. It continues on with the family relationships, though. Whoever loves, then, father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Uh, But it does not mention husband or wife. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty big one. Any any reason why that you know of behind that? or I, I don't. I, th- I think that the way this is worded, it looks like it's just covering both sides of, you know, the child toward the parent and the parent toward the child. And I don't know why there's not um, husband and wife. I, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I mean, it's possible that in the ancient world that, that was just, a, you know, it was a, a non-entity. Uh, it's not the way we were. It's not the way we think of it today. And I'm uh, listen, this is only mm-hmm. conjecture, but... Uh, we certainly know in the ancient world that the marriages didn't occur because these two loved each other dearly, and then mm-hmm. they got married. This, these were arranged marriages, so mm-hmm. maybe that's the point here: is that the affection that you see from uh, first, if if it's if the reference is verse thirty-seven, mm-hmm. so uh, from the from the children's perspective first, and then from the parents' perspective, mm-hmm. and that was it. I don't really know if there's any place, uh, you know. Um, I was trying to think, though, um, was it Jacob and Rachel where it does talk about his love for her mm-hmm. and um, and so forth? So 
but that still was, you know, they're going to look for a wife uh, in very different ways than yeah. we than we do today. Yeah, and I, that, I really don't know. It may have been an exception mm. to the rule too with Jacob and Rachel. Yeah, um, and Paul talks about husbands loving your mm-hmm. wives, uh, but in a slightly different way than we often think about it. Um, as far as like the lovey-dovey type love, it's 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 more than that. Not that it's mm-hmm. not that too. Yeah. Um, one thought I had, and this is mm, also yeah. less than conjecture, mm-hmm. uh, would just be that if there is a, a son or daughter, then it's implied there that there is a, a spouse of some kind, uh, or at least a likelihood anyway, mm-hmm. that this person's married. Um, but it doesn't say husband or wife. And also, you know, I appreciate the uh, the observation. Um, in verse 35 also, there's no... There's no mention of husband and wife, Mm-mm. but you do have again a man against his father, which would be probably the son against his father, and the daughter against his mother, against her mother, and then you have that daughter-in-law against mm-hmm. her mother-in-law. Again, I think because what they were looking at was just the standard family unit that was living in one home at that time. Normally, I think that was. Uh, yeah. So here's a maybe a follow-up question. I yeah. don't know if this is what the questioner was getting to, yeah. but um, is there a reason to think that we should love our spouse as much or like Christ uh, as much as God? You know, we're... So verse 37, Yeah. don't love your mother or father more than me. Don't love your son or daughter more than me. Can I love my spouse, my wife, more than him? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, I would say, I'd the, say answer- the answer is no. Um, yeah. But now I'm just throwing stuff out there. I do think, though, that that the important thing about this is um, there are strong. Uh, as human beings, we have relationships that are really strong. I mean, emotionally attached. And it's very, very possible that they can get in the way of us doing the will of God. Those mm-hmm. loves are so strong that you could see a person bending mm-hmm. and saying, oh, you know, I love my children so much that, uh, or the, the, you know, the parents, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the children toward the parent, you know, I love, and you know, I don't want to disappoint my parents, so I'm not going to follow the will of God for me type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's actually, I think, a really helpful beyond Sunday question as far as when we read our Bibles. Uh, it's a great question. You know, why does it not say anything about a spouse? But um, and also a good kind of centering question to keep us mm-hmm. in the context is what's what's Jesus getting at when he says it there? What's Matthew? Why is he mm-hmm. recording it? Yeah. And what's the purpose of it in the context and, and in the scriptures? So yeah. um, it's a good question. Don't have a great answer for it is what I'm gathering. Yeah, but... I don't. No, I don't. But I, again, I think that this whole discussion surrounding such close relationships within a family and Jesus says, I've come to bring a sword. I've come to bring, and I think if I remember on Sunday, I've come to bring discord. That sword equals discord, friction, severe friction. And I tried to just talk about the potential for sharp disagreement to occur because a disciple, a Christ follower now is set on a course that will not suit, uh, it's not going to please potentially some really important people in our lives. And we have Mm -hmm. to be ready for that. 
Uh, there can be no allegiance on earth greater than our allegiance to Christ. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to follow his will mm-hmm. when, uh, when there's a division of opinion mm-hmm. about what's the right way to go. Is it to follow Jesus or not? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, our allegiance needs to be to Christ. Um, so then uh, along those same lines, uh, how do you justify a verse like this and you mentioned on sunday the luke passage too Mm, i think it was luke 14 yeah how do you justify those passages with the command to honor your parents yeah yeah and i think that's the i think that was you know if we spend some time and say not only not only that one um you know children are to honor their parents but again um when there's a division between uh god's will versus the parents will uh, that Christ follower uh, is going to have to make a tough decision, and I don't. I don't think. I mean, I, that's going to be difficult for a young child, mm-hmm. right? You just think about a, a middle schooler, mm-hmm. something along those lines, and how difficult that would be to um, to try to train that young person to live for Christ and also honor their parents at home. Uh, let me go back to uh, Peter Hong. I mentioned him on Sunday because mm-hmm. of the persecution issue in their curriculum. But we spoke together uh, through Zoom on Monday morning, and um, he was talking again about about these um, the pressure. Here's actually a great example. Here's the pressure on a young person who professes faith in Christ, mm-hmm. and they have to face the family pressure to worship their an- their dead ancestors. Yeah. So he was talking to me a little bit about how that that is always an issue and so here he is trying to help young people get prepared for they're going to be taken by their family to the graveside, to the graveyard mm-hmm. for, and they're going to be pressured to to participate in ancestral worship. Right. So it's like, wow. So there's a there's a great example of what do you tell a Christ follower? Yeah. You have to say to them that you can't worship them, or you only worship God alone, mm-hmm. something along those lines. And so that correlates really strongly to this passage. So another question I have for you is then, like for us in 21st century America, like what are some of those potential areas where our allegiance may be divided uh, in the familial realm or even outside of that realm? So... I certainly think it still happens in families, mm-hmm. depending on the religious background. If you, you take like a Roman, if you grew up in a Roman Catholic family mm-hmm. and a staunch Roman Catholic family, which is a part of our heritage, my heritage, if you if you find yourself in that context and you become a Christ follower, that's going to cause some issues if you're in a traditional, staunch Roman Catholic family. But what, what I was thinking about, though, on Sunday, and I didn't get a chance to really uh, raise it much, but I thought, wow, so... So, yeah, we don't deal with um, uh, ancestral worship, let's say, but take some of our young people trying to follow Christ at school, mm-hmm. and now it's the pressure of a close friendship, which could easily pressure a Christ follower to not do the will of God mm-hmm. because of wanting to keep that relationship intact. Yeah. If I am a Christ follower, I know that that is going to be, that's going to create sharp disagreement between me and my close friend. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot of pressure on that, in that scenario. Yeah. So that would be, if I'm, if I was in, 
Am I answering your question? Yeah, no, that's I, a great example. Mm-hmm. Something like no, that. No, I think that that peer pressure, uh, which may not even be one person pressuring, you know, this Christian young person. It may person, not be. Uh, at least overtly, but just that friendship being so important for one reason or another mm-hmm. and want to, not wanting to, you know, lose that connection because yeah. friends are a big deal. They are. You know, especially at that they age. Um, those are important relationships for, yeah. for young folks. So, sure. Um, yeah, I think that's a great example. Um, good. So Jesus said he didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Um my mind right away went to Peter, right? When Jesus says, put your sword away. Mm. So what's the difference there? Jesus wasn't, right? He wasn't mm-hmm. wanting to fight there. Yeah. But he talks about a sword here. Literal, metaphorical sword. What's mm-hmm. what's the difference? Well, I think I, I think the the primary meaning of verse 34 is uh, I have not come to bring peace but a sword. I believe the primary meaning of that is figurative mm-hmm. because of verse 35 for i have so let me explain what i mean by the sword for i have come to set a man against so he's not talking about first and foremost that you'll be martyred mm-hmm. for for being uh, loyal to me but as i as i said i i hope i said on sunday that there is um it's only partially hyperbole because because there, there is the sense in which there was going to be um, physical uh, agony, including death, for these disciples, including himself. Mm-hmm. And that's when we got to the gospel at the end. You know, I was trying to say that the, you know, here on the cross, the Lord is actually, he's on the receiving end, sadly, of the sword in his side. So I think that it's primarily figurative. But there is this sense of, um, yeah, th- there's going to be strong friction because of me coming into into this world and into your life. Now, when he says to Peter, right, put away your mm-hmm. sword, because doesn't it go something like, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword or something? Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus yep. said, this isn't the time for us to take up arms and to fight. So the sword that he's talking about here is not not the sword of let's let's defend against uh the opposition Mm -hmm. let's let's that's not what he was saying let's fight he was not saying peter it's time to fight the romans so that we can win this war yeah the war was going to be won of course with the sword in his own side Mm -hmm. Uh, but he did come to he came to bring a sword Mm -hmm. so not physically fighting but fighting on in what ways uh well no no the it's it is the fact that as soon as a person says, I'm going to be a Christ follower, I'm going to be loyal to Christ, mm-hmm. that decision is going to ruffle the feathers of uh, some, some people potentially in our, in our world that we love dearly. And that's what's being fleshed out then in verses 35 on. Yeah, Yeah, and that's why I would take this to be primarily figurative because the explanation beginning in verse 35 is the same in verse 36. And it, it continues in 37, the, po- whoops, the possibility for, um, you know, these, these, allegiances in the, these allegiances in the world are so strong that they can deter me, derail me from following Christ. 
And the primary definition, by the way, if you check some of these, and I know you do this, if you check the Greek uh, dictionary, the lexicon for this particular word sword, you'll see that down the line, mm -hmm. you get to this figurative meaning of discord. And it, actually, the other meaning, though, of that is violence. Okay. So it's not like they're discounting the violence part, because actually it gets to that. That strong okay. friction mm -hmm. with Jesus ends up killing him. Mm -hmm. So there's no doubt about that. Yeah. And okay. some of the disciples, of course. You know, yeah. Stephen, uh, go go into the book of Acts. Michelle was just mm -hmm. reading this yes, yesterday. The day must have been the day before yesterday, maybe even Saturday. But I over. She was. Uh, it was a. Uh, the, what do you call it? The, the Bible being read to her. She's okay. she's doing right. a reading plan. I think mm -hmm. through the New Testament in ninety days is what she's working on. And so I heard. I caught the Stephen's uh, scenario, the story of Stephen and Acts. And there's a great example of you know he loses his life. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the violence of if you're going to be a Christ follower and speak out against uh, the, the religious establishment of the day or against the Jews okay, in their unbelief. Gotcha. All right. I think that's good. Yeah, that's good. I think the danger potentially is someone reads that verse, I didn't come to bring peace but a sword, and then we as followers of Christ think, okay, uh, let's fight. Yeah. You know, but we don't yeah. want to be, I don't think based on the other places in Scripture, we don't want to be... No picking fights. No, I see what you're saying. Literally, no. Physically, no. Argumentatively, no. No, I think I think the the meaning of this is clear. That Jesus said, "Can I just tell you that uh, since I'm giving instruction to you about what your life is going to be like now that you're linked to me, one of the things that you need to be prepared for is the fact that I I am going to cause trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to cause trouble in your life because of my will." will not be uh, honored in the world. Mm -hmm. So those that oppose Christ, and I think I tried to say both the non-converted, but also the immature Christian, the unspiritual Christian, okay. is also potentially one of these that won't, they just won't understand you doing the will of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and then the passage closes out uh, talking about uh, losing our life. Yeah. Uh, so my final question for us here today is, what does it look like when someone gets into the frame of mind when they have lost their life? Mm -hmm. uh, you touched on it a little bit, but I thought thought that was a really good application point. Like it when is. someone has lost their life, yeah, not in the sense of mm -hmm. I can't find it or yeah. I don't know who I am anymore, mm -hmm. but what's that phrase mean and what does it look like when a follower of Jesus has that frame of mind where... Mm -hmm. doesn't like I've, I've lost it mm -hmm. in air quotes did we sing on sunday take my life and let it be i think i'm pretty sure we did yeah take my hands take my yeah feet. that mm -hmm. so there there would be a, a the place to start since it was if you were there sunday it links you to sunday um take my life and let it be these things so take every part of my life and let them do your will uh, so I think that the person that's lost their life remembers the person that says, I've died with Christ, therefore my old life is over, and now I'm walking with Christ in this world. So I've taken up my cross, mm -hmm. uh, which means I'm going to, uh, I'm about to die to self to live for God. So it is the person that gets up in the morning and says, uh, according to the prayer, uh, your will be done. And so I want I want your will to be done in my life today, Lord. 
So what is that going to look like for me today? That's a person whose self-will, their plans, their goals, their agenda are now done. They're, they, they are, again, to go back to the th- verse 38, whoever does not take his cross and follow me, you were referring to verse 39, whoever, uh, whoever loses his life, mm-hmm. that's the person who has has decided to use, again, another, uh, another song, you know, I've decided to follow Jesus. Um, that person's life is lost in the sense that they no longer are in control of what they're doing. That is a Jesus decision now. Lord, what do you want me to do? Just in the generalist of sense. Okay, so to lose your life, right, mm-hmm. for Christ's sake, yeah. is in is another way to say this life is not mine it's christ he's lord i'm servant yeah what do you have for me today yeah you you lay your you lay your life down in the sense of it it's uh or to use another uh place in scripture it's no longer i who live but christ is living in me something Mm -hmm. along those lines so the direction of my life is now taken uh by him as opposed to me Mm -hmm. Uh, would it be another way to think about it be what's valued kind of in mm-hmm. my day and in my life mm-hmm. um, down to the basics of my life? I'm thinking of Paul, you know, when he's headed to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. he says, my life is of no value anymore, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. to myself. So if they decide they're going to take it, they can have it because yep. it's not mine anymore. Yep. Um, so like his value system, uh, the what he saw... Mm-hmm. For his day, for himself, didn't matter anymore, right? Right, as far as earthly values usually concerned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so, there's so many general ways to put it. Yeah, you know, beyond Sunday, am I living for God today, or am I living for myself today? Can I tell the difference? That's, I mean, that's pretty basic, right? Do I know the difference today? Am I living for God, or am I living for myself? Uh, are you able to tell the difference? If you are, then you're at least at the place where you can say, oh, yeah, this is where I need to be. I'm walking with Christ. Or this is not where I need to be. I need to get back in, in line. You know, for, you know, for us together, here's mm-hmm. one, one example. You know, look at how many times we've dealt with people that they struggle with church. Yeah. You know, they just, mm-hmm. they struggle with church for whatever reason. And if I could, if I would just ask them, why, why don't you go to church? You're a Christian. You profess faith in Christ. Why don't you, what is holding you back? Mm-hmm. More than likely, that's a person who has not lost their life. The very fact that they could continue to stay out of church mm-hmm. when they could be there. I'm not talking about people who can't be there and have to watch the live stream. I'm talking about people who know they should be in there, mm-hmm. but they're not. Yeah. And they're not, more than likely, they're not because of some sin in their life. Mm-hmm. Even if they've been hurt. It's still it's still going to boil down to, no, you don't understand. You're you you're supposed to lay your life down and submit to Christ, and He says this mm-hmm. about church. Now I say that because of our day and age when church is just yeah. you know people profess faith in Christ but not in the church. But that's a good gospel word because uh, for us when we look to Christ in the center of the gospel, there, despite His hurt, despite everyone neglecting Him or yeah. le- letting Him down. He still went to the cross because that was exactly. God's will. And yeah. So, um, but that's just one example, I think, sure. of people that would, 
you know, would struggle with this, you know, uh, whoever finds his life will lose it. Remember, that's a person who says, I am going to attain life by myself, mm-hmm. not discover it, but attain it, maintain it by myself, apart from Christ, apart from Christ's commands. That's the opposite of the person who loses life for my sake. That's the person who says, for the sake of Christ, my life is no longer mine, it's his. Mm-hmm. So direct me. And that's the difference for that's Christ's sake. Di- yeah. yeah, it's one of his beautiful phrases that mm-hmm. kind of turns things upside down yeah, for us. Yeah, it does, yeah. That's uh, a backwards way of thinking it yeah. from our perspective, Yeah, frontwards from God's. So. Mm-hmm. Good. Anything else to add? Nothing. That's it. That is it. No jokes? Oh, no. You could close no, this you, out with a joke. I could, but I can't. <laughs> All right, well, I'll close you out with the uh, reminder that we love your questions. You can send them into podcast at cbcmj.com. Oh, wow. There you go. Excellent. Yep. Randy just discovered that, so mm-hmm. good news for you. I see it on the slide. Yes, it's on the slide. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. Right? So, it's a good reminder. Uh, it is. Great reminder. I ought to remind folks on Sunday morning sometimes for the announcements. I haven't done that in ages. But anyway... Thanks for joining us. You guys know the drill. You see that great picture of us on the slide on the on the screen sometimes before the service starts. Yeah. Beyond Sunday, you're looking I at me like, love, "What I, in the world is that guy saying?" One of the dumbest looks I've had. <laughs> I have a lot of dumb looks. Anyway, all right. And I look like I knew what I was saying. You did. You usually which is, do. Which is really, <laughs> which is a stretch. Oh goodness! All right, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you, Lord willing, next week. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.